Welcome to So Many Bits. I'm your host, Bill Nielsen, and joining me from a palatial studio apartment in Chicago are Brandon Shockney and John Pernasek. Don't lift your arms like that. We can smell your pits. <laughs> put, your, put your bits away. It hasn't wafted over here yeah. just yet. Not yet. I was just, yet. I was just uh, trying to show off my apartment. <laughs> you were trying to direct traffic. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Bill, for having us. Oh, good, good. Glad to have you on. John, good to have you back on as well. Thank you first. First, call first. I say thank you first. <laughs> well, you know, Brandon, John called it first, so... Damn. Tips. Shotgun. He took it. <laughs> Jinx. Uh, as a quick reminder, So Many Bits is brought to you in part by the Second Wind Collective. For more quality podcasts like this one, please visit secondwindcollective.com for details. Now, arbitrarily, I'm going to say we're going to go in alphabetical order here. Brandon. Yes. What have you been playing? Ah, Bill. Well, um, you might have heard of a little game uh, kind of slipped under the radar this past year. It's called Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Once or a bit. W- might have come up once or twice. Might have seen like a tweet or two about it. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Uh, so I finally got a Nintendo Switch um, uh, in like a month ago. Um, and I've only got one game for it. And that is... Breath of the Wild. Oh, okay. I, I was yes. going to say Snipper Clips. <laughs> snipper Clips. Oh. Although, I remember playing Snipper Clips with you, and that was fun. Yeah, we, we tried to get my Switch to work, and then it re- turned out it was just, like, straight up broken, and I yes. just sent it back to the manufacturer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, weird first impression for the Switch. But uh, but mine is working great. Um, I love it. Uh, Breath of the Wild is incredible. It's so immense, and there's so much to do, and there's such a sense of style and design, and I love it. Um, so I've been pretty obsessed with that. Uh, and then the other thing I've been playing um, is just more Overwatch. But I'm really into right now, uh, the Overwatch League is happening right now. So it's the big uh, Overwatch championship games. So there's a bunch of teams and they stream You can like watch it through the game. And then you can buy skins to support your team and stuff. So I'm really enjoying that whole business. Now with Legend of Zelda, mm-hmm. I think one of the greatest parts of it is that everyone can find their own thing to do in it and they can find things and like mechanics unlock for them that maybe other people hundreds of other people won't even know about Mm -hmm. like i I didn't realize for a long time that if you have like a rusty sword and it gets sucked up by an octorok it'll spit it out but it's clean now so just a regular sword oh very interesting i didn't even know that have you had any like unique experiences or like Mm -hmm. weird like I guess, uh, organic moments come up during the gameplay? Oh, man, that's a really good question. Um, I think I think mainly I've just been doing the stuff that I feel like the game wants me to do. But beyond that, I've just been so in awe of what... The, like, I can just stumble upon something that's like an element. Like, I had no idea there was just going to be giant flying dragons that pop out of the water at certain times of the day um yep yep. (laughs) and i the first time i came across one i was like what am i supposed to do am i supposed to like fight this thing and you're you're not even supposed to fight them you like get like you can shoot arrows into them and get like scales and things like that from it but just uh that sense of kind of wonder because they like it causes an updraft so you can like kind of fly around it and it doesn't directly attack you but it's just like moving very quickly so just this sense of like i gotta do something quick so that i don't miss out on this experience that i don't know how i triggered it um but i gotta like figure out how to make it last or recreate it um so that that element i'm really enjoying in the game uh i make terrible food (laughs) i'm really bad at making food i make a lot of dubious food (laughs) which is great the name for it in the game it's like and it's like censored it's pixelated out oh if you make bad food like you just put in a bunch of ingredients that doesn't work it'll be like (laughs) like it gives you one heart oh i was about to say is there any sort of benefit to the dubious food yeah it still it still does uh some health benefits but yeah no it's just i think i'm still i'm so many hours into the game i'm still finding new stuff and i still expect to find new stuff as i go along um so and just, it's a lot more puzzle solving than I've done in a while. So, like, all the shrines are just puzzles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And there's, like, 120 of them. So, it's at least 100 plus puzzles, you know. So, uh, I'm really, really enjoying that um, aspect of it. And as for Overwatch, are you still, like, maining Junkrat? I understand there was, like, a nerf to Junkrat recently. 
There was. Um, so they, I, I don't know if they've incorporated it into the main game yet, but they're going to reduce his uh, mine. Is will have a uh, less of a range, so you have to be more accurate with how you throw your uh. your uh, mine. So um, I'm still maining him, and I'm still uh, diva a lot. But watching Overwatch League and what the pros play has really inspired me to like try out some new characters that I haven't tried, or not new, but that I haven't tried in a while. Like, I really want to get better at Tracer again. I really want to get better at Orisa, because these are, like, what I'm seeing the pro players um, kind of take on. And I think just watching, I did not expect to like Overwatch League as much as I did, but watching these players just, like, play this game that I love and just do it, like, so well, like, next level well, is, is, like, really interesting to watch and like understand what's going on it's like oh i play this game enough that i can like follow along with why that worked or why it didn't um but yeah overwatch league it's great i'm, I'm really li- liking it uh i still think mercy is a little bit broken <laughs> and i don't know that that's going to change the nerfing will continue until morale improves <laughs> they just keep nerfing her yeah over and over yep I, I yeah i think they're doing it so now uh her valkyrie doesn't give her an instant um re- revived now uh so they're yeah they're putting some nerfs into play but we'll see if it's enough well, it's, i mean she says heroes never die so that could have been self-descriptive just that, that's right consider that. <laughs> Let's get on that yeah <laughs> uh, anything else um that's about it right now uh i was playing for a while i was playing the dot hack slash gu collection oh, the geez, recode yeah. so i play i played through the first i finished all three chapters but i haven't played the like fourth chapter that they added in to the collection yet because I got a switch and I was like, whatever <laughs> switch time now. Uh, but I really want to go back and play that because this is I, a fully realized fourth game or I it's just a bit of a know. continuation mission quest. I think it's like not a, I think you like do stuff in it, but I, I don't believe it's very long. I think it's just more to like tie up maybe some loose ends from the story um, no, that yeah. couldn't possibly be true. Loose ends? Yeah. I've seen you play that those games. Yeah, <laughs> I can't imagine that there's any sort of uh, fuzziness or confusion left over <laughs> at the end of the day. Those that that game world is so insane and and barren. Yeah, all of the all of the areas that I watched Brandon move through, I was like, oh, they're cavernous. Some some enemies populate these areas. It but doesn't. It, it doesn't hold up. No, as it a remastered version, it, you can kind of see the seams. I, I wish they would make another game in that series, though, because I know it's really popular in Japan. I think it's like still so huge. I mean, they did it. It must be popular enough that they like release a collection, you know, and and herald it as like the anniversary of when the first game came out. So here's like the like 15 years of Dot Hack. So here's the collection. So I'm surprised we don't have a next-gen title for that. But I wouldn't be surprised if it happens. But that's about it. Those those three things are probably what I'm playing most right now. All right. Okay, well, excellent, excellent. In that case, uh, John, what have you been playing? So I wasn't playing anything until yesterday because I knew we would be doing this today. So mm-hmm. I went into Steam and I realized that uh, Doki Doki Literature Club was free through Steam. So I downloaded that, and it downloaded onto my desktop within three seconds, because apparently, I'm, from what I can tell, it's not a very long game. So it's not a game. <laughs> uh, from what I can tell, I mean, the, the first time I appeared on this show, I was playing uh, Dream Daddy. Yes. Uh, Dream Daddy is more of a game than Doki Doki Literature Club. It has more, like, conversation tree options, and uh, Dream Daddy has, like, mini games. I don't think this is even going to have mini games Mm -hmm. it is i'm really just like clicking through a visual like a visualized novel of sorts and i know from all the coverage that's been on kotaku that there is going to be a turn into like horror at a certain point because the if if you're listening and you haven't heard about it or haven't had this spoiled i guess i'll spoil it uh, again because i already did uh but what's so funny is that the game spoils it for you because the minute you start the game it's like, oh, children should not be playing this. There are uh, disturbing themes and images. So, and they say that to you like three separate times before the game even starts. Mm-hmm. And uh, then you're kind of dropped into the fake out first half of the game, which is you're a young boy. You're pressured into joining a literature club that only has cute girls in it. And 
the only gameplay that I've experienced is putting together poems. And the poetry game is just choosing words out of a vocabulary list that you think your crush will like. So one of them is very, like, cutesy. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, okay, I'll pick, like, banana split, kitty cat, cloud. Mm -hmm. But then uh, there's a kind of a somber girl, and I can kind of tell where that leans, too, because the words are like, I'm not kidding, like, suicide, Mm -hmm. self-harm, depression, darkness. And also the really cutie girl has a, like, barely visible little fang tooth, and I'm like, I see that fang tooth. I know it's, <laughs> I know it's I, know that, yeah. I don't actually know how fucked up it gets. I want it to get I also think that the, apparently the characters become self-aware. Mm. They start talking to you, the player. Huh. Ooh, well now, you're, now you're making me want to play. Yeah, and the character sort of I mean my character's name is Jonathan, so when they start talking to me, it's going to get weird. <laughs> so I'm playing that and then I'm also playing uh I bought Monsters 8 my birthday cake, which is a game that started out for tablets and mobile devices, but then I think moved to a Mac. Yeah, it was made like a dev studio at Cartoon Network, right? Yeah, it's Car- yeah, it's Cartoon Network games, not based on a TV show. Huh. And okay. which I found surprising. Um, but the music is by a disaster piece who I really enjoy. Uh, he did the Fez soundtrack and the It Follows uh, movie mm-hmm. score. Um, and I, I guess I also didn't realize like that it was going to be for like really little kids because it's not that hard. Like you're basically just like you. Pokemon style collect monsters and they each have like a special skill and you have like a Zelda top-down perspective and you're trying to like solve pretty basic like switch based puzzles mm. um, but you got to get all the birthday cake because uh, the Boogans uh, they eat the birthday cake and they're terrorizing the village not the Boogans Boogans the Boogan King uh, he bad oh. so Boogans. they're like little shadow creatures oh yeah boo the Boogans yeah yeah all right so those are the two things that I'm playing Boo to the Boogans. Yeah. I, I hope you keep going on that one. Are, are you, like, would you consider, like, re-downloading it for your phone? Like, I, I don't know if it's... It's always weird to me, like, those games will be on your PC, and they'll be like, oh, ten bucks. Mm-hmm. And you go to your Could phone. Could I get it on like, this phone? Uh, Could I get it on this phone, though? Because uh, <laughs> this is my phone. Can you unlock the screen first, and I'll tell you, like, what the OS version is? Yeah, you flip it open, just like <laughs> that. Yeah, flip, flip to, yeah, a little flip phone. So, um, yeah, I think I might. I think I might try and get the... Uh, flip phone version of it it'll be like snake it'll look like snake oh good is yeah. snake on your phone uh no there's a game section but there's nothing there <laughs> welcome uh, to the game da, section da, 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 games okay text messaging with the t9 system that will take about uh three minutes to send one text i'm dying <laughs> yeah i also uh, booted up my old uh, game boy advance and played uh a link to the past for like 20 minutes before realizing Oh, there's a reason why I have three 100% complete files on this. It's because I know how to play this game. <laughs> That's why I kind of stopped after it. I got Zelda to the uh, church. That's when I that's when I let it go again. <laughs> I think it's a good breaking off point if you're just like, I want to get the gist of Zelda. It's like, yeah, okay, you rescued Princess Zelda. Done. Yeah, you got the boomerang. <laughs> yeah. Da, 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 da. yeah. I don't know if you have uh, any other uh, systems or like a 3DS, but there's a game, Link Between Worlds, that came out a few mm-hmm. years back, and that that's like a good spiritual successor. Yeah, to A Link to the Past, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because like they explore, in Link to the Past, it's the dark world, and then what, where do they, what's like the sort of underbelly world in? They go, uh, they go to low rule. Oh, low rule, that's right. <laughs> High rule and low rule. Really? Yeah, low rule. And uh, you meet Zelda's sister, who is, uh, uh, it's the exact same character name as the two witches in Sabrina the Teenage Witch who are her aunts it's Zelda and like Hilda yeah, Hilda, Hilda. I, th- I honestly think it's like the exact yeah. same pair of witch names so there That's you go a little, uh, a little crossover there some <laughs> some gay guy was like please <laughs> and like, bye, bye. <laughs> low rule I love Sabrina <laughs> what are you playing Bill Funny you should ask. Uh, I'm also actually playing a visual novel. So in our last episode, I just finished up Danganronpa Trigger Happy Havoc. And uh, that kind of, there is an ending, there's a resolution, but it's a little bit open-ended. And now I'm playing Danganronpa 2 Goodbye Despair. And that it's kind of a sequel. It's a little bit unclear because they're all mystery games. Oh, okay. And uh, so like you start this game and you are a high school student and you go to Hope's Peak Academy, where you are one of the Ultimates. And the Ultimates all have this one special skill that they're the best at in the world. Like in this game, there's the Ultimate Chef, there's the Ultimate Gamer, there's the Ultimate Princess. So you can see their grasp on Ultimate is a little hazy here. Sure. I'm very good at being a princess. The best. 
<laughs> but in your case, you have amnesia, so you don't know what your ultimate skill is. Classic. Ah, amnesia. Are yes. you dropped into like the middle of a year? Like this is not the school you're beginning. Well, it's the game starts at the beginning of the school year, oh. and then you get hit with the amnesia sleeping gas, and you wake up, and you're on a tropical island, and you are accompanied by uh, this rabbit robot named called her name is Usami. And she wants you to uh, meet all the other students and gather hope fragments so you can uh, stay on the island forever. So all of your student, like all of your, uh, all of those other characters are also on the island. Yes. And you're trying to stay on the island. Well, Well, that's what she wants. She wants you to stay on the island. She doesn't want you to leave the island. It's up to you. You might feel like you have to leave the island, especially because people start dying. And they start killing each other, oh. and and you have to figure out why they're killing each other, and like what the mystery of the island is, and all that jazz. So wow. because it's a visual novel, is it like Doki Doki Literature Club, where basically like two uh, D character models are just sort of like zipping into the screen, and just there's just like text at the bottom. They're they're pretty on the nose with that, even where they're oh. all like two D cutouts. So like you can move around a little bit in three D, and if you move around, you can see they're like flat. Oh, okay. No, huh? And, like, they'll even, like, when you uh, select them, they like, pop a little bit because it's like a, you're poking, like, a little doll or something that's made out of paper. Oh, huh. And then, uh, so you're playing and you're, like, walking around a little bit, finding clues, and then you go into this, like, Phoenix Wright-style thing where it's, like, uh, you're trying Phoenix to... Right. It's a great game, great mm-hmm. game series. And you have to, like, someone will be like, well, I think it's the killer because of X. And then you go into your bag of evidence called Truth Bullets... Ooh, yes. And uh, you find contradictions, and you literally shoot them on the screen with your truth bullets. Okay. So you're trying to discredit the theories of other characters. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Because yeah. your ultimate power must be that you're like the ultimate detective or something. Well, well, uh, who could say? Are you who enjoying as much as the uh, first one in the series so uh, far? No. No. Not really. Uh, I'm still playing through it. Like, I'm, I'm, I think I'm like an hour at most away from finishing the game. I'm very close. Oh, okay. But uh, there are two things that kind of make it a little weaker than the first one. Uh, the first is that the story in the first one feels like the stakes are a little higher and more personal because, like, you're all trapped in a school and it's very clear that, like, things have gone wrong. It's like, literally, you could see it, like, Early on, it's built like a fallout shelter, so you know something bad has happened. They don't, they don't go very far to hide. That's not much of a spoiler. And in this game, you're on a tropical island. So, like, there's kind of more of an ambiguous threat here. Mm-hmm. And, like, there are, like, allusions to, like, big organizations that are scheming and that has something to do with the game. But it's just, like, not as... It's not as much to latch on to there. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's still fine. I still want to, like, see where things go. But it's tougher. Yeah, it sounds like if that first one had an ambiguous ending and you feel like you've only got about an hour left in this one, that they're probably going to leave a lot of questions up in the air. I already know that there's an anime that is a sequel that kind of wraps up like the story of these first two games. Oh, so man. I'm a little concerned oh. that we're not going to fully grasp what's going on unless I watch that anime. Are you going to watch it? You have to at this point. I don't know. You're it's committed. Bringing, it's bringing the two worlds of those two separate games <laughs> together for like one finale narrative or something like that i i guess so that that's what i read on wikipedia i didn't want to delve too much deeper to like think to avoid spoiling myself Mm -hmm. but it it does sound like that yeah okay and then the second thing is so you're talking about how there's barely a game in doki doki literature club and i think in when you talked about dream daddy originally you're saying maybe this would be better without the mini games oh the mini games were terrible in hindsight I've seen articles about how bad they are, and they're not wrong. Very broken gameplay in some of those minigames. Well, in Danganronpa 2, uh, Goodbye Despair, they have lots of minigames to kind of spice up the like the, the contradiction finding and like make it less derivative of like the Phoenix Wright series. So there's like a snowboarding minigame. Like you go down like this half pipe, and like you have to navigate your character like to the left or to the right based on like certain conclusions you want to make. While like dodging obstacles and jumping over gaps in the in the wow. path fight, it's pretty bad. Oh, like too many, one too many elements there. Yeah, yeah. Like I appreciate that they don't want to just like completely rip off another game, but like that, there are a couple other mini games that are real, real weak. Mm-hmm. Do you have to beat that game to progress into the next like part of the story, or is it purely optional? No, you got to beat that game. Are the controls? 
good in that game? Uh, yes. Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. That's, the, that's the key to a minigame. You gotta make sure the controls are good. There's something so, to go back to Phoenix, right? There's something so kind of pure and so well executed in that first Phoenix Wright game that I I imagine even the future games in that series kind of uh, tried to got too repetitive or tried to do different things and it didn't work. Like with the Apollo Justice series and stuff, I think yeah. was a step in the wrong direction. But Oh, is that like a judge character? Apollo Justice, he's like a... It's basically the same game, but oh. he's a younger, like, Phoenix. Right? Well, and then who did they cross over? They crossed over with, like, the puzzle-solving Sherlock detective character? Professor Layton. Okay. Yeah. I haven't played those, um, but, uh, yeah, I've, I've just played uh, the Phoenix Wright games, and, yeah, I mean, it's... That first one, I think, is still set the bar so high. It's still really good, and, mm. like, the, the story they tell is, like, the most cohesive and, mm. I think, best mystery that they uh, solve yeah. out of all the games. Yeah, I feel like that, if, if there's no real conclusion after putting in that work, even more so than, like, a TV series that doesn't wrap up in, like, a very uh, satisfying way, when a video game doesn't do it and you've put in the time and, like, the gameplay, that's really unsatisfying. That's very emblematic of, like, just where we are right now. Just that idea of, like, they'll want more. It's all about the next thing. Yeah. Come on. You know you want to read the comic book yeah. slash watch the TV show. <laughs> Get the cereal. Right. <laughs> I'm not going to know who killed him if I don't buy the cereal. <laughs> oh, it was Mac. It was Mac. Oh, Mad Mac. Mad Mac. Mad, Mad Mac. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, I would not have kept playing if I didn't already own the second one. Like, I bought them a long oh. time ago, and I'm finally getting to them now. And it felt like after that first one, if I didn't have the second one in my hand, I was like, well, nope. Yeah, it, yeah. Sounds, it sounds like your relationship with these games is sort of uh, uh, m- kind of complicated at best, where it's like, I've had these for so long. Oh, for God's sake, let's I'll just play them. Come on, second one, next. It's my PlayStation Vita victory lap. It's like the last game series I'm going to play on that thing. Uh, I'll, I'll keep it, but I'm not going to like have any need for it. They're not going to make any more new games for the thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Visual novel on the Vita. That sounds... That sounds tough to begin with, just because not a small screen, but yeah. yeah, you'll have to get a PlayStation VR instead. <laughs> yeah, we'll go play Danganronpa and that. Right, <laughs> I'm in the visual novel. Take uh, that! I'm clicking, yeah. I'm clicking and clicking and clicking. <laughs> so much clicking. Nothing of interest here. Nothing of interest here. Nothing of interest here. <laughs> That's the thing about it. Like those visual novel games, like you can't play them twice. I tried playing Dream Daddy. Just like try and like explore some other character options, but it was it was pointless. Like you have to like just wade through the entire introduction of the game all over again. You can there was a fast forward like VHS option where you can like just burn through all the dialogue, but then it feels like you're not even I don't know. Yeah, it, it kind of really feels like you're visiting something that well, should be let go. Yeah, games like that that are very narratively focused. It's like you know once you know the story, it's not as fun. It's like a, a a movie like that where you watch and it's like, well, once I've seen it, you know, I don't necessarily, unless it's like an epic, I don't really need to watch it again. I don't know if we talked about this the first time I was on the show, but have you seen these games that are available through Steam where they act like it's a game, but it's even, I feel like it's even less of a game than like a visual novel because the whole gimmick is, here's a list of things. Do you see this like matte painting that we've created? Find the things. Find the apple in the picture. Find the clock. You're solving a mystery, but you're not. It's literally just, oh, I found all the things. Yeah. Screen. It's like an I spy. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, and there's it's... apparently so many of them through Steam. It's, but it's like, oh, I have to, I have to defeat this devil cult and save my daughter by finding the apple and the clock and the uh. witch. <laughs> Next screen. <laughs> it's not a game. Yeah. Steam just does not curate their library anymore. It's a total madhouse. Oh, I'm sure. Like, good luck. If you are a game developer trying to get your game noticed on Steam, good luck. I, mm-hmm. I really wish. I, that sounded sarcastic, but I, I do wish you the best. It's very hard right now. I came across a game where you play the dog that's been abandoned by its owner. Cool premise. Cool premise. <laughs> and the dog is walking around going, where are you? I'm sad. I don't feel good. I'm hungry. I'm the dog. Cool oh, game. Wow. <laughs> yeah, wow. sounds bad. <laughs> I think it was called The Dog is Dying. I don't know. Oh, my God. <laughs> very sad. Yeah. Nope, nope, nope. Well, on that sad note, uh, <laughs> I, I, I think that's uh, what we've been playing lately. Uh, before we move on to our next segment, though, John, this is new to you. but uh, I know what this is. 
So uh, I really like this the game. The where Brandon slaps me. <laughs> well, we haven't perfected we the rules of that game yet. <laughs> yeah, that that's coming later. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we, I really love this game, Magic the Gathering, and I don't always get a chance to talk about it. So I have implemented Bill's Magic Minute, where I take one minute and I talk about the game. I've done this with you. Oh, you, you yeah. did? Yeah, oh I've my god! Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. I didn't. Ah, oh, man, it's been such a long time. So many minutes. Mm-hmm. Ten minutes. I'm ready. Okay, uh, yeah, so Brandon's got the time around. I'm going to talk about magic for one minute without any context or slowing down to explain things. I'm ready. Okay, and go. Last Monday, four cards were banned from the standard environment. A Tomb with Aether, uh, Rogue Refiner, R- Rampaging Ferocidon, and Ramunap Ruins. And what sets these apart from previous bannings is I feel these cards are all relatively safe or like normal cards that were not banned because they do something degenerate within the game itself, but they were banned because of tournament results, which is a very new pattern for magic play. Usually they uh, organize play and the development is looking for things that thoroughly break the rules and lead to an unfun environment, but it seems like they're now looking at stagnancy and decks being popular and good for too long and trying to poke holes in them to enable other decks to rise up in their place. I'm curious to see where this leads uh, the, or the standard environment because for a long time now there have been very few bannings and now there have been like 10 cards banned roughly within the past two years or so. Time! Alright. Well, that's the Magic Minute. Okay, now what I'd like you to do is go back, slow down, and provide context for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> what was, I'm sorry? <laughs> <laughs> we can do that. Uh, we'll it's be here a... for another 45 minutes to an hour. <laughs> it's always so impressive when you do that. I'm always like, wow. Some knowledge. What would be your minute? Brandon's could you, Marvel minute. You could oh, talk. You could oh. talk at that at that pace and have a about like Marvel? a stream of information. I think I could talk about like a, a Marvel comic, or like what's happening in Marvel comics at, at every episode. Yeah, I could do that. I won't, but I could. Hmm. You don't want to? Because I got a stopwatch here. You don't want to do Brandon's Marvel minute? What? My Marvel minute? Let's see. If Brandon's Marvel be minute. Interested, I'd be interested to see if you. Keep up the, the, okay. the pace of the flow. Okay. The pace of the flow? Yeah. <laughs> um, and start. Okay, so uh, I want to talk about the X-Men in particular because what's happening in Marvel Comics right now is Phoenix Resurrection. So this is a big deal because Jean Grey, the original Jean Grey, is coming back. She's being revived in Marvel Comics, the adult one. So we've had a time-displaced Jean Grey, the original five X-Men from the past, are currently in the current Marvel continuity. So there's like a young Jean Grey and a young Beast, but there's also an old Beast, right? So, uh, and then a lot of the older characters like Cyclops and Jean Grey are dead. So uh, these kind of younger counterparts are taking over. But Phoenix Resurrection is happening right now. Jean Grey is apparently coming back, which means a lot of people are thinking that the original five X-Men are going to be booted out of the comics and we're going to get this resurgence of the classic X-Men. So we're going to have like Jean Grey, who's going to be leading her own X-Men team called X-Men Red. And then there's been rumors already of Cyclops coming back. Wolverine has returned. And time. It's pretty good. All right. Yeah, I'd say you, you match that pace. Yeah. 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 It was, uh, yeah, it's an interesting time in Marvel Comics. Anyway. John, anyway, make it, make we it said a, time. Yeah. Make it a trio, John? What's your uh, minute? I don't know what I would talk about necessarily. What do you think I would talk about? Um, what do I never shut up about? <laughs> maybe a movie. Head. You could do a movie minute. A movie minute? Just about movies? Yeah. How about John's musical minute? John's uh, musical minute. Musical minute. Magic minute. Marvel minute. Musical minute. <laughs> That's fine. Let's right, see here what we we're go. doing here. All right, and go. So recently they announced that a Princess Diana musical is in development, and I think that's ridiculous because a Princess Diana musical already exists. I know because when I was in college, I paid upwards of $30 to get a copy of the cast recording of Princess Diana the musical. The track list is uh, 20-plus, and it was written by a woman who loves Princess Diana. She also made a musical about the Octomom and used a lot of the songs from Princess Diana the Musical in Octobahn the Musical, including the song Leave Her Alone, which is a song in the Princess Diana version is sung by, I believe, Fergie, who is telling the media, leave Princess Diana alone, she's my best friend. And then in the Octomom story, the Octomom's best friend is saying, leave the Octomom alone, she's my best friend. <laughs> and I believe in the League of Nations tour, that uh, the song League of Nations, 
uh, tour of nations, they have a song, a uh, lyric that uh, goes along the lines of, um, uh, we welcome you to Tokyo, konnichiwa, and a big hello. Uh, uh, we bring you, uh, da -da, we will teach you judo, I'm a sumo. That's what it is. And uh, at one point they say, uh, oh, welcome to America. Here's John Travolta, a lightning bolta. And at one point, Princess Diana dies, and there's about four reprises of four and different songs. time. Well done. Yeah. That's good. That's good. We're going to have to remember that. We'll John. teach you judo. I'm a sumo. <laughs> John Travolta. Lightning wow. Bolta. The, the sumo sounds like this. I'm a sumo. It's pretty good. But my minute's over and I shouldn't be talking. Yeah, please. Respect please the, talking. Respect the minute. Time. Don't give any context. We can't yeah. ask for any yeah. explanation. That's the big thing. I think I, but the thing is I did provide so much context for that show. <laughs> yeah. Octomom. <laughs> and with that, uh, normally we would do our Choose Your Fighter segment here where we talk about like recent gaming news and events, but because... Brandon and John have their own podcast called At the Trailers. Oh, they discuss yes, they uh, recently... learning about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, interesting. That's cute. Brandon has been present, but not present, present? in the last few recordings. Yeah, yeah, but he's a present. Oh, oh. oh. I take it back. <laughs> <laughs> but because you guys were so kind to come on and be guests, it, it seems fitting to do our own uh, look at trailers. But movies. In particular, that uh, talk about like games or are about playing video games. Mm. Yeah, because when I was uh, first on the show, we talked about video game adaptations and how they're sort of notorious for having really low Rotten Tomato scores. Mm -hmm. So these trailers aren't for video game adaptations, as you said. These are movies where like video games are like a central part of the plot. Yes, a central conceit. Um, on on our podcast, I have the trailers. This would be known as like the vault because we're like sort of combing through just the history of like of yesteryear yesteryear the history of yesteryear <laughs> uh so yeah we each picked uh, two trailers yeah yeah and, and with this uh if it was all right we were going to borrow the the stub it stream it or skip it philosophy for yeah. these films uh and can you explain a little bit about that if you don't mind well let me let me think but let me ask you what you think they mean okay uh what do you think stub it means uh, stub it means, oh, I stubbed my toe on this little extra railing. <laughs> okay, <and> Brandon? <laughs> no, what do you, what? I'll give you one more chance. <laughs> All right, stub it refers to uh, ticket stub, and it's like, I want to go to the theaters and see this film. Yes. Uh, so I hope I don't stub my toe. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. Uh, so that, yeah, that's stub it, and then stream it would be? Stream it would be, and maybe I'll get to this at some point, like usually when it's on like Hulu or like Netflix or something like that. If I'm already like paying for the service. Exactly. I also like to say you can get it through your local library system. That's true. For freezies. What? Freezies. I don't like to say free. And <laughs> our third, yeah, rating or category would be skip it, which means... Uh, it's the very best thing around, and you just hop it on this ball to <laughs> skip it. Oh. Skip it. Mm, yeah. Yes. The very best thing of all is that there's a counter on this ball. Oh. <laughs> What's nice about the skip it is they made a blue one for boys. Yeah. And a pink one for girls. Well, my brother took my blue one. I guess I'll have to use the pink one. Girl. Girl. Girl, dumb. Wait, why, why did your parents buy one blue one and one pink one? Why not two blue ones? Well, they like to draw harshly drawn gender lines. <laughs> Do you see? Here, You make a bunt cake, you make a punt in football. Punt. A bunt or a punt? Punt. Um, so skip it means you don't want to see this film. You're gonna skip that film. You don't yes. want to, it's, it's stinky. It's a stinky film. Stink yeah. it. Stink it. <laughs> mm, I suppose stink it. <laughs> uh, so yes, we both chose uh, uh, two trailers. Uh, Bill, do you want to go ahead and kick off and tell us a little bit about your first trailer? You said we both chose. We all three chose. Oh, we all three chose. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Uh, so my first trailer was mm. for The Last Starfighter. Yes. It's a 1984 science fiction film um, about a young man who lives in a trailer park. He finds an arcade machine, and he's the best at it. He may be the only person who actually plays it at this particular locale, but he is the best at it. Mm. And oh, goes, you mean at that gas station where, like, this uh, looks like a fucking cut. It's a crater. Uh, Get uh, out of there. <laughs> I felt bad for those people. It was a very uh, economically depressed area, I would, yeah. I would say, it appeared. Yeah, it seems like the only people in his life are, like, I don't know if we get a sense of his family, but there's the elderly black gentleman who, I guess, works at the gas station, then his way too attractive girlfriend. Yeah. Way too attractive for him. So he plays, I, I've not seen the movie, I, but I know it's, like, got cult classic status, right? Yeah. Um, but it, it's he plays the video game, and it turns out to be, like, a training, like, protocol for an actual 
alien invasion, kind of like Ender's Game style. Of like, exactly, yeah. 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 What um, I didn't realize is that I guess I just hadn't. I have a reference for it. I, I said I confuse it with Flight of the Navigator in my mind. Mm-hmm. But watching the trailer, I was like, oh, I haven't seen a second of it. Yeah. Because I didn't understand Robert Preston, aka the Music Man, is in this <laughs> damn thing. It's like the weird sort of. I know this came out before Back to the Future, but there's a lot of fucking Back to the Future in this. There's mm-hmm. a flying DeLorean. There, Robert Preston basically is like the kooky Doc Brown ish leader character that sort of explains everything that's going on. And uh, this kid that we got in the middle of it looks like he's about 32 and is not that charming. Not a movie star. Not. That's a good way of putting it. He doesn't have that movie star look. Yeah. Um, But there was something about this that I I think I would still... If this came out in the theaters, I would not have stubbed it. I don't think. Not have stubbed it? I would not have stubbed it. It kind of looks like on the level of... Have you ever seen Disney's The Black Hole? No, no, I haven't. Uh, that's got like Ernest Borgnine in it, and I think it's like just like kind of we're post Star Wars, so like we can see the influences, but we just we don't have the budget, we don't have like the like the miniature model artists and like the amazing painters and fucking costume designers. So this looks like a little bit of a rinky dink scenario. Mm. Every alien has like they're basically just humans with like a big horn on their head mm. or like a crazy neck. Like I, nothing's truly out there. Yeah. And I, but I think I would stream this. I think I, I would, would stream it too. I want to see it. I think just the fact that it has a cult status is like, oh, maybe that's something I should check out. It has such a cult status that there is a musical version. And I have the cast recording. And that kid, that dumb, dumb main character kid, sings a song at the beginning called Somebody Somewhere Something. And he sings about how he wants to be somebody who goes somewhere and does something. That's his need. <laughs> That's his theatrical push. I want his I want some. I want to be someone, and I want something Thanks. somewhere. <laughs> Fuck it. Who cares? <laughs> I could be a serial killer in Alaska. <laughs> Who cares? Uh, it's not a good musical. So you would stream it, though. Yeah, the trailer's a little long. I would stream it. It is a little long. What do you think I feel like that's a trend, though, of older trailers, where mm. it's like they really, they're like mm. really giving you the hard sell. Spell it out. If this <laughs> came out in the 70s, it would have been four and a half minutes long, and they would have shown, they show you the ending in this, but in the 70s, they would have been like, everything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's watching tough the for credits me. right now. <laughs> to divorce this from my nostalgia, and like I, see, I saw this movie like a dozen times when I was a kid, okay. and never in the past 20 years. So, <laughs> who knows how it holds up? Yeah. <laughs> I would go with Stub It. Yes. And, and then if you want to, if you're like, man, I wonder if they will ever reuse this idea very explicitly in another form of media. And maybe it'll be a best selling book and maybe they'll make a movie out of it. Check back in two to three years for Ernest Klein's Armada. There's no oh, way they're really? not making that movie. Oh my God, no way. It's going to happen. It's totally uh, going to happen. There's got to be, there's got to be like a, that website like tv tropes or whatever there's got to be a a full page dedicated to the video game is real or like the video game is a training device there's got to be so many variations on that story i didn't read armada because i heard bad things i i had heard bad things as well to be fair i have not read it i read Mm -hmm. the wikipedia synopsis to make sure my understanding lined up and yes it's the exact same conceit of kid plays video game gets recruited for intergalactic like navy and fights aliens (laughs) well you gotta write that second book stuff (laughs) (laughs) John, do you want to do you want to give your first trailer? Oh, sure. So my first trailer was a let's say a documentary um, <laughs> called "Ecstasy of Order: The Tetris Masters," which oh you can't God. you can't get. I really don't think it's possible to make come up with a title that's more uh, ponderous and pretentious yeah. and ridiculous than I'll say it again: "Ecstasy of Order: The Tetris Masters." Just call it "The Tetris, Tetris Masters." Masters. I really like that we got a documentary in this, um, yeah, and it's kind of insane. I don't think I could watch this. No, I mean, p- I pity them because King of Kong is a great documentary, and that's clearly what they're mm-hmm. emulating. But these subjects do not seem nearly as dynamic as the people in King of Kong. D- to give some context, I mean, you can probably tell by the title, but it's about the best Tetris players in the world, kind of like determining who is the very best but only for the first time like whatever this came out what did we say like 2012 yeah there had been no i guess major tetris competition which seems like that is impossible but it has the weird effect of when you listen to this trailer and you hear people talk about it it's like oh it doesn't sound like cool or interesting that they do this this sounds very sad when the woman's like uh, Are you talking I, about the woman with the uh, the fucking Mercedes Benz 
ripped off no. a car necklace? No, I forgot about her. Okay. No, the, the, the one I'm thinking about is the one that's like, I have Tetris dreams. I, I dream day, about I it. I daydream I da- about Tetris. I daydream. I like sleep and Tetris. It's, I'm thinking about it all the time. I live Tetris. And it's like, that sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> right. Well, and this is clearly, this is not professionally shot. Nobody's no. mic'd for sound, which is the true, like, sin of this trailer. Because, I mean, it's people just on their couches, but, like, the camera isn't even framing them well. Mm-hmm. It's like, why am I seeing, first of all, your roommate is in the background on his laptop. <laughs> he sh- you should have had him leave the room. And then I'm also looking at this empty seat cushion on your couch. Just take the camera. Yeah, it over a little bit. There you go. And like the joy of King of Kong too is they they built a narrative. Whether that narrative was fully accurate or not, it wasn't. Uh, it's kind of to the not to the point. Like they had a hero and a villain, then they have some elements of reality, and like they find ways to make them likable and like kind of normal human beings who also have this passion for this very specific thing. Here, I only got a sense of. They are really hardcore into Tetris and nothing else. They they have a narrative introduced partway through, though, because everyone starts talking about Thor. No one can stop talking about Thor, the enigmatic phantom of the Tetris world, who Mm. 20 years ago got to, like, level 30, but no one's seen him since. But it doesn't sound like he's going to be in the actual thing. (laughs) Because they didn't show any film of him. Right. People keep asking, like, oh, it would be cool to meet him. If hypothetical, maybe. It would be more interesting, way more successful if you just focus on one of these people's lives. You can still talk about the other, but maybe the journey is from one person's point of view. That would require a bigger pool of people to pull from, I think. I think Uh, they found who who exists. (laughs) Like, these are the people that got together in that dollar movie theater. Yeah. And that audience for that Tetris competition is... I mean, I've, I've done some shows for small audiences. This seems like an enthusiastic crowd. Yeah, right. But uh, it does seem a little bit scattered in that scattered. movie theater. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's a, I think it's a skip it for me. I don't think I could watch the full thing of it. I think I was being charitable at a certain point. I was like, oh, maybe. But if, if they were mic'd for sound, I'd stream it. But because <laughs> they're not mic'd for sound, skip, skip it. it. I have a lot of empathy for these guys because, you know, obviously I'm a big Magic the Gathering fan. And having that very passionate uh, response to this game that, that like... I, played magic for 20 years i can somewhat relate to them but the, the quality of the narrative and the production it's got to be skipped is yeah. tetris the perfect game because the one guy says the tetris is a perfect game and then you can't approve, you can't improve upon can't approve it. Upon it. Yeah. but we have tried there have been so many tetris variations <laughs> uh, i remember tetris world on n64 which was the sphere tetris it's tetris but it's a sphere mm-hmm. yeah and like they have the new tetris mm-hmm. and but, tetris 2 but does it perfect Perfection. Oh, I don't think so. Brandon, what was your trailer? Uh, my first trailer was for a movie called Brain Scan, a 1994 uh, ch- kids movie? No. no. <laughs> Goodness gracious. But here's the thing. It does have, I think it does have a weird, like, almost like labyrinth vibe to it where it's there's got a like a labyrinth vibe and like a little monsters vibe like yeah howie mandel and this guy in brain scan don't look too dissimilar so we, we got the kid from terminator 2 in american history x edward furlong yes he is um an expert gamer he's played them all okay okay um and he uh is told about uh this new game called brain scan from his best friend his disgusting lizard brain fucking schmegma soaked <laughs> weirdo fucking friend like yeah. they're on the phone and he's like you gotta play it it's <laughs> he's like reading from the manual and he's like it's the most ultimate epic gaming ultimate experience yeah uh please so... play it for me <laughs> yeah. why is he saying you gotta play it and, and it's just a disc uh, very pressing of the twitch and youtube culture yeah <laughs> the disc looks like like an indie band album mm-hmm. doesn't know what's going on with that he, he puts it in and he's visited by this character called trickster who's kind of his guide through the game uh, and there's a lot of crazy visuals um we see him kind of going through the or like this tunnel this like orange fire tunnel into the virtual world um and he has to like solve puzzles and save his family and friends and no all no no, stuff. no i know a little bit more about like what he's doing the ki- brain scan is you play a serial killer and you kill people and then cover up the evidence mm-hmm. and when they say this in the trailer when he comes out of the game world he realizes oh like people really, are dying i really did it yeah, yeah. but he's it becomes i think more and more addicted to playing the game uh-huh mm-hmm. that will end tragically okay. i imagine oh i would think 
you know what? This this uh, I think is a streamer for me as well. I think I want to see this. I think craziness. you want to see the trickster, with all that the trickster has to offer, because Lord knows they thought this was a Freddy Krueger in the making. Mm -hmm. They put all their production budget into making him look. He looks awful, but yeah. they were really proud of it. They were like this iconic look of the trickster. It is like a Freddy Krueger slash uh, David Bowie from Labyrinth. Mm -hmm. Oh goodness gracious! <laughs> this is what it looks like. What do you think, Bill? I I would stream it. I yeah. don't think it's, it's based crazy. on the merit that they originally intended, but I think it's campy enough that I I want to see where it's going. Yeah, right. I don't want to know. I want to yeah. hear Edward Furlong's voice crack on every line of dialogue. Yeah, it's sick. You didn't tell me it was real. <laughs> Look, man, I'm playing them all. <laughs> he's only he's only deep when he's cocky, right? Also, like any good horror film, there's like some random shots of like the the one female character in like a nighty or something. Yeah, yeah. It's like we get a boob. We got we got a boob. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Bill, what's your uh, second trailer? My second trailer is Grandma's Boy. Yes, Grandma's Boy holds a special place in my heart because as I was failing out of college uh <laughs> that, that first uh fall semester uh i would see these posters all over campus of the university of buffalo for grandma's boy oh, and they were no. doing, like what were they trying to do what were they trying like they were really trying to appeal to like the fucking campus crowd oh, yeah that's a bummer yeah special advanced screenings of grandma's boy at oh no. yeah huh. <laughs> oh god were there like comment cards afterwards <laughs> I wouldn't know. I managed to resist that horrible allure and, and uh, skip that film. Yeah. Uh, but I brought it up here because, you know, it's a, a middle-aged man or like a man in his mid-30s who's kind of uh, every man but a schlub who loves video games. He's really good at video games. He's a game tester. Yeah. And like him trying to like kind of get out of his uh, rut while living with his, three, his grandma and her two friends... Yeah. yeah, it's like a Golden Girls scenario. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, but they're they're kind of like bad grandmas. Yeah, they <laughs> like naughty grandmas. Yeah, they get like high and they want to have sex with his like young friends. They own like butterflies. Yeah, like they each have like a personal like butterfly <laughs> use on a like regular basis. Yeah, it's got quite a cast. Uh, I mean, the only woman I recognize, of, I think, of the three is uh, of course Raymond's mother from Doris Roberts. Doris Roberts, mm -hmm. who was on Full House at one point. Yeah. Um, She's, I mean, she seems like she's doing what she always does. It's always kind of charming, mm -hmm. I guess. Uh, <laughs> but those other two, yeah, who's like the one that's like a cougar who wants to fuck all the dudes? I don't know who that actress is. She seems was. recognizable to me. Yeah. And, and like out of place, too. She was not that old. Mm -hmm. No, and then the third one, I don't even have like a visual no, cue in my head of who the third one is. So I feel, I, I apologize yeah. that you couldn't get Betty White for your third uh. grandma. But <laughs> yeah, this looks like, uh, I mean, with, like with most Happy Madison. So wait, did you finish your story? Like you saw the posters on campus, you avoided the screenings. Yes. So have you seen the film? I have never seen this. Oh, film. okay. <laughs> I thought when you, when I took it at, at face value when you said this has a special place in my heart, uh, I was like, just oh, the, just maybe, the maybe you enjoy it. it. Just the posters, because they parody Star Wars. It's a Star Wars parody poster. Oh, and what's but isn't like the main poster also like a parody of like the Animal House like painted poster? Because it's like you got the house and it's bursting with all the people. Yeah, 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 yeah. But there's probably like some like Star Wars like visual. But he's like doing the like the old comedic trope of uh, fucking doing a satire to that. That's that's tough. Comedy's tough. Yeah. You know what though? I I think I think Don't do I this. couldn't. No. no, I couldn't do it. Yeah. I would skip it. You don't um, want to see the scene with the fucking monkey and. No, I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't really like Happy Madison in general. Uh, I don't like pot humor. Yeah. Pot humor to me is just so like boring and like limited and stilted. It's mm -hmm. just bleh. Skip it for me. Skip it. Though I do skip love it. Linda Cardellini. I don't know if yes, I said this. Yes, me too. I, I would stream Brains Game, but I would skip Grandma's Boy. I didn't realize he was a game tester. I thought he had a real job at a video game company. I was going to say like at least he has a real job at a video game company, but <sighs> apparently not. No. That, that uh, test the games. Oh my god, yeah. You but... could not survive off of that. But I guess he doesn't have to. I've read so many nightmare stories about being a game tester where it's like you have no benefits, you work long hours of unpaid overtime, and you can be fired at any time. All for that dream. All for that dream of getting brought up to the big leagues. You might as well, you might as well be working for Greenpeace. What's the big leagues? To be like an official contracted employee at that game development never. studio. Oh, no, wow. never. Yeah. If, if, if you're at home thinking one day, nope, never. Man. 
What, John, what was your second trailer? Uh, well, speaking of video game testers, you know who else is a video game tester? Uh, Barbie. Barbie, who can do anything. We know that she can do anything. She can even sit on her butt and get sucked into her tablet, Tron style, by yeah. a not James Corden cloud. I thought it was James Corden doing like a like kind of a one-off voiceover bit. Not James Corden, just yeah. some British guy. Just a British guy. Yeah, uh, the little cloud character that sucks her into the fucking Named world. Cutie. His name QT. And our world is in danger, Barbie. You have to help us, man. This is an animated movie. It's an animated. I mean, all the Barbie movies year. are animated. Yeah. Uh, but she has to get through the three levels of the game, and uh, there's a, a roller skating race level. There is a awful looking, like sort of Squirrel? flash phone style yeah. game. Squirrel nut tree house level. Get the nuts. Yeah. Uh, she's like throwing nuts at the squirrels. Get Dave. the nuts, Barbie. Get to, go get them. Get to nuts. Get the nuts. And then the third, which I think is like vaguely creative, and they they know their audience is like Minecraft style. Yeah, pixelated. And that's kind of smart, I guess, because little kids love Minecraft. Why not just do a whole Barbie Minecraft movie? Mm-hmm. Like, just fucking cut out all that other fucking chaff. It should all be yeah, pixelated. Yeah. Yeah, um, but. I don't really know what's going on because the cloud is like, oh, world is in danger, Bobby. Yeah. Like, don't make you horny. And there's, there is <laughs> there's like, no, like, villain. There's no, like, intent. There, there is, like, a a boy player. And then, two girls. And like, uh, yeah, and there's one girl at the end where she's like, what are you doing here? And she's like, I'm going to help you, like, win the game. So maybe there's, like, some sort of friendship element or rivalry element. What do they stand to gain if they win the game? And, like, I don't understand what this takes. Yeah. Are. And I do love the moment, though, because I wrote it down. It's the best line in the trailer. Um, Barbie shows up and she's got her skates on and everyone goes, whoa. And then the one guy is like, this girl got moves. And she just spikes the camera and she goes, I can skate. (laughs) I can skate. (laughs) Fuck your shit. So also you're in a video game. So, I mean, you can skate in real life. I understand that. But can you play the game well? (laughs) Because that's not like really skating. (laughs) I, uh, I would skip this, I think. What? (laughs) I don't, it's probably like an hour long, but I still can't do it. There's no way it's an hour long. It's 15 minutes <laughs> with credits. Bill? Ah, skip it. <laughs> sexist? Uh, <laughs> sexist? Sexist. What are you going to do? Stub it? <laughs> I actually had the thought of There's like, I would screen. love to, <laughs> I almost never have edibles, but I'd love to have edibles, go to a fucking big movie, <laughs> movie fucking theater, and just sit there going, <laughs> Barbie, you're my video game hero. Did I mention the title of the film? It's Barbie Video Game Hero. Oh, wow. Mm. Well, I mean, I guess I could see that. But I like how like your, your stubbit your stubbit has so many qualifications. <laughs> oh yeah, I have to get high. <laughs> it has to be playing. There can be no one else in the, the theater. Release. I just said I just said I don't like funny pot humor or like using pot in like an ironic yeah, situation. And then you're like, like an I gotta go. <laughs> Some little kid next to me. I love Barbie. I do too. <laughs> get away from me. Uh, my my second trailer is. I couldn't even find a proper theatrical trailer for it. It's because it doesn't exist online, apparently. It does not exist. I found the DVD trailer for Spy Kids 3D colon Game Over. I mean, do we really feel like we didn't get a sense? Do we really need the full official trailer? I got the sense of yeah. what was going on here. Well, what's nice is every DVD copy comes with a pair of the 3D glasses. But they show your entire family mm-hmm. wearing 3D glasses. You gotta so buy five you... copies of the movie. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's the racket. That's how they get you. Bill, you had no reference for the Spy Kid franchise because you were like, Antonio Banderas is in this? I was like, oh, he and all of them. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, yeah. Ricardo Montalban? Oh, he and all of them. Yeah. I was just watching YouTube clips of Wrath of God today, so I was like, Ricardo Montalban, he's alive? Yeah. I mean, not anymore, but... Uh, also a game about a, a person who's sucked into a video game, and uh, he brings Ricardo Montalban well, with him. His grandpa, who is normally in a wheelchair, but in the video game, he don't need that wheelchair. No. But but it's even, it's not even like a, so it's a game that is like, it's the future of gaming, and like all these kids are excited to play yeah, it. Every, they, they say like every kid is like going to sign up and play this game. But it's a trap. <laughs> Set by the toy maker. Played the toy by maker. Um, Rocky. Sylvester Stallone himself. Cobra. Yep. So the president, George Clooney, Mm -hmm. um, has Junie, Junie, I think is his name. Well, yeah, because the best line of the trailer was, oh, Junie, I can do more than that. (laughs) It's like, Grandpa, please, leave me alone. (laughs) Uh, Junie has to go in and save his sister, who is like captured, or who already went into the game. Carmen is captured. Yeah, I've seen the film. She is not in that film. She is like, she can't be in more than 10 minutes of that fucking movie. Uh, But, uh, of course, he goes through all these like crazy 3D 
levels and obstacles that are the graphics are insane even uh, even for they the time terrible at the time yeah. yeah i remember at the time being like this is insane but that's kind of like robert rodriguez's aesthetic for his kid movies it's like really weird looking visuals that don't really work no um, I, I think there's a reason why we haven't gotten rodriguez to the hell of a kid's movie since <laughs> that shark boy and lava girl disaster star taylor lautner from the uh, twilight franchise that's right oh the wolf dude yeah the wolf dude wolf dude wolf boy was shark boy yeah shark, shark boy. boy wolf dude huh. um so uh yeah i think i think this i would i would maybe see this i would have stubbed it at the time to see it in 3d i mean when i was a kid i, I watched all the spike in movies uh, so i think we rented it mm-hmm. uh but i think we got the non-3d version because we didn't have like that like option and there's a lot of moments in that movie where they're like, put the glasses on. Now. Yeah. <laughs> Take the glasses off. Because it's not oh, it's all weird. in 3D. Right, right, right. They, you, you have to like follow the directions. It, it, was when, it was when 3D was really gimmicky. Like, you go here because you're going to see this because things are going to be thrown like, at you and stuff yeah. like that. We so. revived like the 1950s mentality of, or the night we, we had it again in the 1980s of, it's just 3D. It's fun. As opposed to that era where every movie was released in 3d we're not really doing the trick shots anymore it's just no it's just 3d mm-hmm. watch with these like dimmed glasses and pay 10 bucks more <laughs> than you normally would and it's gonna stink mm-hmm. uh, so you think superman returns was bad because of the 3d glasses that was presented in 3d yes it was <laughs> that's part of that's a perfect example of the problem because <laughs> i have a feeling the depth of the, the the depth of superman returns was probably not that impressive <laughs> not on action in that film. No, nope. no, nope. no. Nope. There's the airplane sequence. That would be cool on IMAX, not in 3D. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think? What do you think about Spy Kids? Did you? <laughs> I would say stub it. I was just so like, wait, that person is in this film. Yeah. That I want to know exactly how many celebrities signed on to be in this thing. And I, you gotta, you gotta see. I it. think this also has pre Lord of the Rings Elijah Wood. It does because he looks too young in the other like thumbnails and clips. No, it can't and stuff. be pre Lord of the Rings. I th- he looks young, and I don't know. I maybe research it at home, or maybe it was while like in between. He plays the guy, and I the do kid, remember that plot point where it's like, oh, he's the guy. He's like the last Starfighter. He's the, the best of the player, game. Yeah. What is Stallone going to do to these kids? What is he going to do? Turn them into toys. Some Hayek's line delivery. Yeah. Have you heard of this new video game? It's a trap. It's a trap. Selma, are you okay? And I think Alan Cumming yeah, he's reprises... Yeah, as a tricky villain or some such thing. Well, he was a villain, and then he's like a reformed villain. Right? I'd love to see a reboot of Brain Scan with Alan Cumming as the trickster. There you go. If there was a role he was born to play... It writes itself. It writes itself. It's right here. <laughs> I'd like to see Jim Rash as Brain Scan, or trickster. Oh, there you go. That's good. Well, if you'd like to see a community alum in a Spy Kids movie, just watch the fourth one. It has Joel McHale <gasps> and Jessica Alba. Yep. And a robot dog. I think voiced That's by Ricky, Ricky Gervais. Gervais. Yeah. Oh, brother. <laughs> His uh, mouth moves like this when he talks. <laughs> so we did it. We, we did stubbed it. it. We skipped it. We streamed it. Video game movies. something filthy. But I won't. <laughs> Not that kind of show. Yeah. 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 So, guys, thank you so much for uh, letting me sit in on this and, and sample what you guys do. Thank with, you, uh, Bill. This was welcome. fun. And I do believe this brings this episode of So Many Bits to a close. But before we go... Brandon and John, if you want people to find you either electronically or in person, but not both, where can they find you? I guess I'll choose electronically. Uh, you can find me um, at my Twitter, at Shock. John, your Twitter? I'll choose electronically. Don't choose for me. I choose electronically. Oh, uh, yes. Mine is J-O-N-P-E-R-N-I-S-E-K. And as you mentioned, um, the reason we did this, uh, uh, this particular segment is because we have our own podcast called At The Trailers, a podcast where we review that week's movie trailers. Um, you can find it on iTunes. Uh, we have uh, our own Twitter handle for that as well. It's the at symbol and then the phrase The Trailers Pod. Mm-hmm. Uh, iTunes is the best way. Stitcher is also an option if you want to stream it. We're on uh, Libsyn as well. I had to go to that Libsyn page because I couldn't get you know iTunes on my work computer. So I was like, oh, oh. where's the direct download? Yeah. I found it. There you there go. You go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He did the work. Yes, we rate uh, all of the weekly, all of the latest in uh, movie trailer releases mm-hmm. uh, using the same system, the very self-same system <laughs> that we employ today. Uh, sometimes the trailers are good. Sometimes the trailers, trailers are bad. bad. Sometimes the trailers are for films that are not really films. films that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Barely movies, as yeah. we like to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, thank you, Bill. 
You're welcome. And if you liked or did not like this coldly calculated podcast synergy, why don't you email me? I'm at so many bits podcast gmail.com. Uh, like us on Facebook, we're so many bits on there. Follow us on Twitter and Tumblr at so many bits. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Please rate and review or download from SoundCloud, from Spreaker, from YouTube. We play games, twitch.tv slash so many bits. Uh, Wednesday and Thursday nights usually 8 p.m. Central. Wednesday nights is for Magic the Gathering Online. Thursday nights for like a potpourri of games. Uh, in the past, I played like Yakuza 0, uh, Super Mario Odyssey, Cuphead on there. And last but not least, please check out the rest of the Second Wind Collective for other quality podcasts, support independent art, the spirit of Dell compels you. Damn it! Let's go eat some edibles.